Hello everyone and welcome to the Football Sugar Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello yeah, Pierce. I'm okay. In today's podcast we'll be discussing the weekend cup finals which were Celtic versus Rangers and Man United versus Newcastle. At the end of the podcast Pierce will be given the rundown of all the Asian football news. Coming up next, we'll be discussing the Via Cup final between Celtic and Rangers. Celtic were crowned champions of the Via Play Cup final after defeating Rangers 2-1. Pierce, what is your overall thoughts of the match? Well, I th- like we said, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I thought Celtic dominated for large majorities of the game. And then Rangers, I knew they'd be quite difficult and dangerous from set pieces. And as soon as they got a set piece goal to break back to 2 1, we got half an hour to go. They, they threw caution to the wind, had a few chances. And then Celtic could easily wrapped up, made it four or five at the end with a few missed chances. But overall, I thought Celtic were deserved winners. They, they controlled that midfield battle, which we thought were key before to the game in terms of we weren't sure if Moy. Or O'Reilly would start, but for me, Callum McGregor and Rio Hattati just absolutely bossed that midfield. Yeah, uh, I agree on all what you said. Um, first of all, I've got to say the atmosphere was it was amazing. You know, yeah. um, I always like I always like these type of games when the allocation's half and half. Uh, you know, it makes the atmosphere much much better. Uh, I I actually thought the start of the game first sort of. 30 minutes of the match. I, I thought both teams were a bit sloppy. I thought both teams, you know, were passed. There was a lot of misplaced passes, you know, a lot of foul, a lot of fouls, you know, the game was a bit stop start. And then, yeah, as you said, Celtic, after about half an hour, they started to take a bit more control. Uh, I think Rangers were struggling to keep up with the intensity. They, they started losing the ball. And then I think the goal, the first goal, I think it was a deserved goal. I think Kyogo. Um, I think that goal was coming. I think he'd had already there about three good chances before it. And then second half, Rangers started well. Um, and then Celtic got that goal uh, in about the 56th minute. And then we all thought, you know, game over. We thought Celtic will just ride this out. And then I think it was what, about 10 minutes later, Rangers pulled the goal back. And then it was sort of like last, last, um, last season in the semi-final. Of the, the of the Scottish Cup, you know, as soon as Rangers scored, Celtic kind of they stopped playing, and that's what happened. Just that's what happened on Sunday. You know, they just stopped playing. Rangers looked like they were going to they were going to score, they were going to get the goal back, but it never happened. Um, and then you know, I think after from the eighth minute onwards, I think Rangers lost a bit of belief. They couldn't create that chance, and then as you said, Celtic at the end they could have got a couple more goals. So. Um, no, I do think at the end of the day, I think Celtic were they were deserved winners. Yeah, for me, it's it's got to be like <laughs> like you say, like a couple of goals at the end. I thought off the bench last 10, 15 minutes when you're bringing players to the quality of Sead Taksabanovic on, the man is just it just oozes class. Like especially when you've got players like Jota and Maida coming off, and then you've got Taksabanovic and Abada, fresh legs running at the full backs and centre halves. A bad is yeah. very direct, whereas Haxabanch is strong. He's got that skill, a bit of flair, and he can beat a man either side. 
and he he could have had a double right at the end and like that, that's the difference for me. Like in terms of Rangers, like Rangers for me, I think they lost the game with a midfield. Like I don't know why they chose to start with Glenn Kamara, John Lindstrom and Malik, Malik Tillman. For me, Lindstrom and Tillman haven't played for about two, three weeks because of injury. And then they fling them into a cup final when you've got a boy, Nicholas Raskin, who's played the last couple of games, who's been brought in to improve the midfield. And then he's on the bench. It just, it just shows you like they're still using the same kind of trusted players. But they've let them dip themselves down again. But no, for me, even if he started, I still think still to, still would have edged it in terms of midfield battle because Cal McGregor and Hattati and Aaron Moyer stuck class above, to be honest. Yeah, I do agree with you about the 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 selection that Michael Beale started with. Um, because I also think when I think it was John Lundstrom came off uh and Glenn Kamara and Raskin came on in Cantwell, I actually thought Rangers looked better. Mm. I thought they looked a bit more energetic in the in the middle of the park. You know, they were much more closer to Celtic's midfield. Um so I think I mean we you can't predict these things, but it could have been a different game if Raskin and like the Cantwell started. Um so maybe that's something that today Michael Beale might be sitting there regretting that he went with the wrong team. Uh, I want to I want to talk about Kyogo. Um, you know, he seems to be a master at the the cup final goals. You know, last season he scored two uh, to win Celtic the League Cup. And this season in the League Cup final, he scores two again for for Celtic to be the winner. Mm-hmm. How highly do you rate Kyogo? A class above it is is see for me it's he's he's just a lovable character. Like you see his personality, his enthusiasm for the club, he just he just gets the club right away. Coming from the other side of the world in Japan. Um and the fact is it's just his movement, although he does miss some easy chances, but it's his movement he gets the chances, he always have chances. And he has got amazing finishing in the locker, like he's proven that this season. And again, in a big game for Celtic, he's come up clutch. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, he might not score in these fixtures against Rangers because he hadn't scored until the, the one at Ibrox. And now he's followed up with a double. And that's now two doubles and two League Cup finals where he's virtually won Celtic two trophies. And it's, just, it's, very, it's very, very important winning the League Cup because it gives you that momentum towards the end of the season. Because although we have a nine-point lead in the league, winning that first trophy kind of lays down a marker for the rest of the season because obviously Rangers still will still believe they can catch us if we slip up and if they had a trophy and they beat us in the final then it would maybe kick them on but the fact is it's Ange has retained his first trophy at Celtic but Kyogo for me is world, not why to say world class but for, in, in terms of like Celtic it would be at that sort of level he's, he's just a class above yeah absolutely the, the one thing about Kyogo is that I always think when I watch him is that he must be a nightmare for defenders because he's always on the shoulder. He always goes to where the space is. He's always want he always wants the ball. The, the, the one thing I like about strikers is when they're willing to run like off the ball. So what like putting the ball over the top for the for strikers to run onto and Kyogo loves that that style of play. He he loves you know he thrives on that. That's what I love about him. Um that, that I I think that was a difference yesterday with for example Morelos. I always felt when Rangers had the ball he always wanted to go deep 
to get the ball to his feet, and he always had his back turned from the goal. Whereas Kyogo was, you know, he was always on the shoulder. He was always wanting the ball over the top. And I think, I think a couple of chances yesterday, um, came from that. You know, I think one of the midfielders or defenders put the ball over the top, and you know, he he didn't take his chance. But in my opinion, in terms of how high I rate, I think he's one of the he's one of the top strikers Celtic have had in a long time. Um, you know, that's what that's. Two league cups, he's two league cup finals he's played for for Celtic, and he's got four goals, mm. two last season, two this season. You know, he's a big game player, and you know, I I I I rate him really highly. You know, at the end of his Celtic career, I don't know. I mean, he could be, he could be right up there in terms of what the legacy he leaves. So, not a brilliant player. So we will now move on to the result of the Carabao Cup final match between Man United and Newcastle. So Man United were crowned champions of the Carabao Cup after defeating Newcastle 2-0. Pierce, what are your thoughts of the match? Okay, okay. It was kind of what I expected it to be. Although Newcastle have been had a phenomenal season, great defensive record. But that has also been set on having their first choice goalkeeper. And losing Nick Pope to suspension for the cup final was a kick in the teeth for all Newcastle fans and the Newcastle squad because they haven't chuck in Loris Carius, who hasn't really kicked a competitive ball in probably over a year. He's had loan stints away at Turkey and back in Germany and he was basically like what third choice at, at Newcastle. And even Grant Gillespie, former model, was even on the bench as well. So so it was basically Newcastle down to the bare bones because Nick Pope has had a phenomenal season. So many clean sheets, so many outstanding saves. One that comes to mind is the one he's tipped on the post, Ellen Haaland. It's in James's part early in the season when he nicked a point. So he can come up clutch in big moments. And with the form of Marcus Rashford at the moment, there's no one better in English Premier League than Marcus Rashford on current form. And he backed up again with scoring again. I don't know how many games that has in a row he's scored in or but it just seems like every game he's scored now and compared to last season, five goals in all competitions. And this season he's broken twenty odd. I was actually going to ask you about Marcus Rashford. Obviously he scored again yesterday. Do you yeah. think you could make the case for him that he's the most informed player in Europe at the moment? It, he's got to be up there with like the likes of Vinicius Junior, Kylian Mbappe. That that sort of level at the moment, because last season You've seen his confidence is shot after that Euros. The same happened to Jaden Sancho, but Bukayo Saka picked up picked up his head from that penalty miss. But in terms of this season, had a good manager underneath him. Guided him perfectly, had a good pre-season, and he just kicked on. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's been brilliant. And just going back to the game, um, you know, Newcastle had a lot of the ball in the final, um, but I just felt um, Man United were just so clinical going forward. Um, I think Casemiro in the midfield has he's he's been an absolutely brilliant sign for Man United. He's he's brought that steel to them. You know he's all every time when I seen, saw the game yesterday, everything Newcastle had the ball, whether it was on the right or the left. Casemiro was always lurking about trying to win the ball back. Uh, I also think the two centre backs, Martinez and Varane, I think they've been. They've they've been brilliant, you know. They've struck up a really good partnership. Um, so 
I just think at the moment with Man United that, you know, Ten Hag kind of style is that he wants to keep the ball, he wants to, but I felt like, I feel like they just have winners on the team where don't really care about the ball. They just want to, they're just set up so well and they're so hard to break down. And, I, and that's what I felt one of the game yesterday. You know, they're, they're kind of defensive shape. Um, so, no, it was it was a brilliant performance. And I just wanted to ask you about Eric Ten Hag. How highly do you rate the job of Eric Ten Hag? He's done a good job so far. Um, he's managed all egos, obviously. The Ronaldo situation is a bit tarnished. Um, for me, I thought he handled that poorly in terms of Ronaldo, but I thought Ronaldo probably should have left at the end of last season. But that's more down to the club and whatever else. I should have just let him go and it wouldn't have tarnished his legacy, in my opinion. But as you can see, they're now just starting to chant Viva Ronaldo again now that he's gone. Um, so that kind of hurt them. And it kind of held them back a bit because regardless if they're playing good or not, it was like, why not bring Ronaldo? Why not start Ronaldo? Every Kodji's Ronaldo's one of the greatest players of all time. And... 37, 38, he's now 38 and the fact is he wants this high pressed intensity team and it just wasn't going to work you could just you just knew from day one it wasn't going to work and obviously he was saying one thing to the media and then a different thing to Ronaldo and Ronaldo was did the interview and then forced his way out but since then I think Man United have kicked on something something awful they've been, been red hot form and like you say, I back up the things you said. Casemiro's transformed the midfield. It makes him look a lot more solid. The fact is that Martinez has made their defence more solid in terms of striking up a partnership with Rafa Varane, who's now kind of injury-free, because last season he was very much in and out of the team. Because um, I had to play Lindelof, Maguire, and sometimes even and Eric Bailly, I think, maybe, last season. But... Um, no, in terms of Eric Ten Hag, he's done a terrific job. He's won a trophy in his first season. And now they've got a chance to even win the Europa League as well. So they, they put Barcelona, one of the favourites for the competition. Um, So I think he could even finish the season with two trophies. So I think he's a, a tremendous job considering Manchester United haven't won a trophy before today or yesterday Um, until, what was it, Mourinho won the Europa League in 2017. Yeah, so, it was. It was Mourinho. Oh, yeah. So they could even, I think they could even going one Europa League again this season and Eric Tanner can get top four plus Europa League and two trophies I think it would be a very successful season for Manchester United Yeah, no I agree with the majority of what you said um, I know you said Ronaldo he didn't deal with it well I thought he did deal with it well you know I I just think with Eric Tanner I just think now that Man United have like a proper manager you know yeah. I think when you look at him you know he's the one in charge you know I felt when Solskjaer was there I felt that a lot of players kind of what you know, kind of, you know, their attitudes were, were wrong, you know. I felt Solskjaer struggled to deal with it. Um and it kinda of caused a bit of chaos. But I think with Ten Hag, you know, he, he didn't have a great start. I think one of the early starts early early games was the Brentford four 0 defeat. And, you know, if you told me back then, a few months ago that fast forward a few months, he would have won a cup, I I would I thought you'd be I thought you'd be having a laugh. Um I, I think the I think the job he's done is brilliant. Um, you know, his first season for already to win a cup. You know, he's they've got a great chance of winning Europa League. You know, I think good times with Man United under Eric Ten Hag. You know, they, I, I I do feel now they're going places. 
And obviously with Marcus Rashford, he's a totally different player. And he's still he's still very young as well. Yeah. So I think Eric Ten Hag's, you know, I think Eric Ten Hag and Man United. I think the future looks good. So do you so, think Manchester United like, in terms of like, going to that next level? Obviously, you seen yesterday White Weghorst is the striker on loan from Burnley. Do you think they still need another couple of additions to the team in terms of like, another midfielder and potentially another striker? Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, I don't think they're on the level of Arsenal and Man City. I don't think their squad's complete yet. I do think they, they do need... I, I definitely think in the forward positions, I think they need it. Like, I think, although Marcus Rashford does a top, top quality striker, I do think they need another one. Because I think if Marcus Rashford got injured, I think they'd struggle for goals. Um, so I think they do need to get someone in that position. Um, uh, and probably in the midfield area, you know, I think they've got Sabitzer on loan, who's done well. But if he doesn't stay, if he goes back to Bayern Munich, uh, you know, they'll need someone to replace, for example, Ericsson. So I, I do think that in the midfield area and in the striker position, I do think they need a couple of big additions in there. But I, I, I think the squad looks good. You know, they've got some good, uh, they've got some good players in there. And you know, I, I think the more Eric Ten Hag works with them, you know, the more they'll grow. And you know. In a couple of years' time, they could definitely be up there for winning the title. So, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football news roundup. Well, to kick things off with Asian football news, uh, the news broke this morning that um, Korea uh, national team have appointed Jürgen Klinsmann as the new head coach following the the resignation of Paulo Bento after the twenty twenty two Qatar World Cup. And I will be putting a, a detailed article on that later on this evening or tomorrow morning. So keep an eye out for that on the Football Chugu website. In terms of the J-League, um, uh, Yokohama won 2-0 against Urawa Reds. Uh, Hokkaido, Kunsale Sapporo won, uh, lost 3-1 to Vassel Kobe. Uh, Gambo Saka drew 1-1 with Sagan Tusu. Um, Avispa Fukuka won 2 1 against Cerezo Osaka. Um, Kawashima Antlers lost 2 1 to Kawasaki Frontale. And Nagayo Grampus won 1 0 against Kyoto Sanga FC. And to, oh, and that was on the Saturday fixtures. So that's now the Sunday fixtures to round off the J League 1 uh, fixture cards. So it was San Fresi Hiroshima 1, Alberic Nagata 2. And uh, Kawashiwa Racer won FC Tokyo won. In terms of the Korean League, so that kicked off this weekend. And so I've done a match report on one of the Japanese League games and one of the Korean League games. Um, so on Saturday, we had the, the, the record holders against the current champions, uh, Ulsan Hyundai versus Jumbuk. And Ulsan Hyundai won 2 1. FC Seoul beat Incheon United 2-1. Suwon Blue Wings um, lost 1-0 at home to newly promoted side Guangzhou FC. And to round off the fixtures on the Sunday, uh, Jeju United drew 0-0 with Suwon FC. Pohang Steelers beat Daegu 3-2. And Daejeon Citizen beat Gangwon 2-0. So that is your latest um, 
Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you for everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel and also on the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye.